Welcome to the Birds FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to A Conversation with Zach with Red Pill 78. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, June 7th in the year 2022. And lots of things are happening and shaking up. And of course, if you're into drama and fake films and fake documentaries and all that good stuff, then this is the week for you. Because coming up later this week, you get to watch the fake hearings on January 6th and that ridiculous circus. But it's there and it's available. And even on Fox News economics show or whatever that is, their their financial show, you can watch it there too. So it's fantastic. It's all good. I'm telling you, what a drama. More drama, more drama, more drama. We're going to talk a lot more about that later. But tonight, we've got a fantastic interview with Zach from Red Pill 78. And if you don't follow Zach, you need to. All of his stuff. He's on True Social. He's on Gab. He's on about every possible platform in the world. Zach is one of those great patriots. I've come to know him. I consider him a friend. And it's just one of those voices that's been as very consistent. He produces shows every day like I do, and he's been a, a very, very instrumental part of keeping people focused and finding truth. So really excited for you to hear that interview here in just a moment. Before we begin, make sure that you are taking good care to protect your financial resources. Right now, things are in a complete upheaval, as we know, and your hard-earned capital is at risk on many levels. So it's important that you take good care, and the folks at Birch Gold can be of assistance. Patriots, we have been witnessing the economy slowly go through a death spiral, and the Fed has boxed itself in. The economy is in dire straits, and thanks to a loose money policy, there's no end in sight. Apparently, you just can't spend trillions every year without repercussions. And now, in an attempt to play catch-up, the Fed is raising rates and plans to do it seven more times this year. We're already starting to see the ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. What are you doing to protect your money? Have you considered what could happen if the stock market continues to fall or worse, crashes? Don't wait until that happens. Take some of your profits from the stock market now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. Again, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. 9898 for a free zero obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax sheltered retirement account. Again, text BARDS to 989898 and secure the gains from the hard earned capital that you have. Join the thousands of Happy Birch customers, the countless five star reviews, and an A rating from the Better Business Bureau. Birch Gold, they're professionals, they're some of the best in the market. So again, text BARDS at 989898 to protect your future with gold. And you won't be disappointed with Birch Gold, so check them out. And um, I think you'll be very pleased with how they can handle 
your retirement stuff, your IRAs, and guide you on a good path towards security in a crazy time of finances. All right, Patriots. So without carrying on much further, we've obviously, we've got a lot of crazy stuff in the news, but tonight we're focused on a fantastic interview here with Zach with Red Pill 78. So this is about a little over an hour long. I think you'll enjoy it. Let's dig in. Did you see that the Clinton advisor that was uh, announced as, you know, mysteriously dying uh, not too long ago? He was hanging from a tree by an by an extension cord, but before he hung himself, he shot himself in the chest with a shotgun. <laughs> I tell you, these people are amazing, aren't they? It's just I can't believe how brazen that you know. <laughs> at least they're at least they opened up the investigation and they're willing to look at it. So we'll see what happens. But it's Arkansas, so oh, I'm <laughs> telling you, the level of corruption yeah. is beyond. It's it's mind boggling. You know, we've yes. been talking yes. a lot about this. You know, it's like say when you when you can take a central banker and that same level of corruptions in your local school board. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting the picture of what yeah. we're dealing with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's on full display. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, and the only the only good thing that I can take from it, though, is that like it's obvious we're not the only ones who are recognizing it. You know, I mean, it's like. People all over of all political persuasions are like, you know, hold on a second. You know, I mean, like, sure, I support the right of a a dude to dress up like a woman, but like, you're going to take my kid to a gay bar. You know, I mean, like, what kind of what kind of thing is that? Okay, if you're grooming children, it's quite obvious. Patriots, I'm once again, just really honored to have Zach from Red Pill 78 on, as you know, we're good friends, and Zach is just one of these constant voices in the Patriot movement, one of the best researchers out there, and just constantly puts out incredible content and a great show. So it's just an honor to have you on, Zach, and thank you for being on. Thank you very much for having me, Scott. Love it uh, when we get a chance to hang out, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a good conversation today. Zach, why don't you just bring us up to date a little bit, because the last time we talked to you, you were not even in Florida yet. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, yeah, so last November, Lisa and I moved down to Florida. We got engaged, um, just been hanging out down here, getting to know the neighbors, getting to know the lay of the land. I absolutely love it here in Florida. I'm in Flagler County. Uh, we're pretty close to the beach, and uh, we're kind of out in the country almost. There's a lot of land down here in Florida, a lot of undeveloped land. It's changing rapidly, but the uh, uh, the amount of space that you have to like roam around and, and, you know, you've got these like, you know, tropical rainforest type locales and there's a bunch of animals here. It, it's a lot of fun. The, the dogs love it. The cat loves it. Lisa and I love it. I, I'm, I'm really happy we made the switch. You've also got pythons down in the Everglades, <laughs> so you can go down yeah. and hang out with them. Pythons, uh, iguanas, uh, you know, alligators. I, I, I'm not that far south, so I haven't seen any of that stuff yet. But I did see an armadillo when we first got here. That was a, a bit of a surprise. I had no idea there were armadillos here. Well, there you go. You got a little bit of everything. Yeah. So yeah. The, the climate in, in the state is, from the outside, seems to be really very Republic-driven. Very um, yes, and I don't. I don't even like to use the term conservative anymore. I mean, it just seems to be very American-centered. Is that fair? Uh yeah, it's a hundred percent fair to say. You know, back in Michigan, uh, you know, it was not like that at all. You know, I mean, if you were publicly identified as a Trump supporter or anybody who was even uh, right of center, then you could run the risk of uh, being publicly pilloried. You know, I mean, they had 
uh, uh, flyers with people's uh, names, addresses and faces and stuff, calling them Nazis just because they weren't, you know, running with the uh, the left wing narrative. Um, down here, every single person that I've met is a hundred percent American patriot, uh, and everybody knows what's going on. People are really attuned to what's happening. I went to a, a Republican uh, county meeting the other day just to kind of check it out, and the supervisor of elections for Flagler County was there. And she, first of all, she mentioned two thousand mules, like we talked about it, like in the meeting, uh, and then she went through a laundry list of different election security um, um, protocols that they had in place to ensure that elections in Flagler, at least, would be free and fair and that we had, you know, little to worry about in terms of uh, things being stolen. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was quite literally, I mean, she knew like, you know, where her game was in relation to um, other election supervisors throughout the country. And uh, and it was really refreshing to see, you know, I mean, to uh, to have somebody in a position of power, recognizing that there are major issues and that they can be solved pretty simply. Well, it's really interesting because you're talking about kind of an elevated public energy, which is important. Mm -hmm. Dr. Frank just came into my small town in Oregon. And (laughs) the good news is, I guess, that we're at least the worst of eight in the nation, if not the worst in the nation, according to Dr. Frank. But his comment was interesting because he said, you know, he says, I've never been in a state where people feel so beat down. And Mm -hmm. there is what you're describing is this lifted spirit to be energized and be engaged. And that's something I hope we can start seeing across the nation. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. You know, and people here are very attuned to what's happening. Uh, They hold every one of our rights, liberties and freedoms very dear, close to the chest. Uh, And people are just tired of what's happened throughout other places in the country. I mean, I can understand how you guys would be beat down there in Oregon. I mean, isn't it 100 percent mail in voting there? I mean, like exactly. yeah, every single person gets a ballot, if not multiple ballots. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that it's, you've got a lot to overcome there for sure. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's one of the reasons it's, it's worth anchoring in here and fighting because it's in a most of the state is red. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, 30 counties out of the 36 are solid red. So it is a it's a fight worth doing, but it's it's a hard one, as you know. I mean, you you, you yeah. were in you were in a blue state, so you know what that's like. Yeah. Let's let's touch on some of the current things going on. You you've recently had the True the Vote folks on your show, and of course you're you're being grateful and really gracious and helping me kind of set that up here. For sure. Let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing with that True the Vote, the two thousand mules, and then also they've got some more stuff coming out. Yeah. So what it sounds like to me is that Greg Phillips and and Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote as a whole um, have not only been involved in their own investigations to determine, you know, kind of the methodology by which the election was stolen in 2020, but of course, to identify it before it happens again in 2022. And they're part of a number of uh, actual investigations with law enforcement. Uh, it sounds like multiple jurisdictions. I actually, I just saw Greg this morning on Truth Social. Somebody had asked him uh, if he had to, you know, put a, a raw number on the number of different jurisdictions where there are going to be upcoming criminal indictments based upon what they found. He said sixty. So it sounds like there are, um, you know, just you know, no shortage of different places throughout the country. 
you know, one of the problems we've had is that the feds clearly don't want to do anything, or at least, you know, at a high level, the feds don't want to do anything. And we talked about uh, the importance of sheriffs. I mean, we've talked about this before. Uh, so it sounds like there are, you know, some local investigations. There are also state investigations and then also uh, federal stuff happening as well. And he made that statement on Patel Patriot show just, you know, blew everybody's mind that there is, you know, this this international um, you know, uh, aspect to it. And that's something that we've all known. Um, but to have that brought in as part of an official investigation that Greg and True the Vote seem to be pretty sure is actually going to result in something, you know, I, I think that's amazing. And that's it's what we need. I, I mean, all of us, we, we just want justice. We don't want to see people hang for the sake of hanging. You know, I mean, there are crimes that were committed and we want our our grievances addressed. You know, we want to uh, have the assurance that we really do have a free and fair election system. And, um, you know, and, and I think that it's it's undeniable. It's it's going to come out. And uh, we just had that report from CISA. They were they were responding to the uh, Halderman report that was sealed by an Obama era judge. You know, why do they feel the need to respond to it if it's been covered up and nothing's going to happen? I think that it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to come out. CISA admits that there are major vulnerabilities, a number of different ways that people can exploit the Dominion machines. And uh, and CNN covered it. You know, I mean, I, I can't imagine a world anywhere close to November 2020 where any mainstream news organization would have ever admitted that there was a possible vulnerability in these uh, uh, this election infrastructure that we have from these private companies. Um, yeah. So I, I think that we're going to see some huge stuff coming up. And, you know, all I can do is hope that it happens before the election here, the midterms in 2022, because, you know, I think that's everybody's worst fear, Scott. You know, we're going to have a redo of uh, of 2020 and then nothing's going to happen. You know, we'll have Stacey Abrams, you know, rolling in as governor of Georgia. And, you know, that's the only thing that's worse than Kemp, I think. That's like the whale arrives in yeah. Georgia. That's exactly what we don't need. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the <laughs> land you saw that thing the in land s- whale <laughs> right, oh stacy yeah stacy land whale literally <laughs> and metaphorically <laughs> exactly well you know it's interesting because i think you've been i mean i, I haven't listened to the, your specific shows on some of the election yeah analysis, but I think we share the same point. Most of us who are digging into this drew the international connection anyway. And oh, Mike yeah. Lindell's work has been stellar. I mean, there's been a lot of, obviously, some really heavy opposition uh, attacks on him, but he was pointing that. And we've kind of mapped out early on, at least through the last two years, the, there was an MI6, MI5 component. There was an Italian component. There was mm. Spanish, potentially French, and then also foreign actors. Yep. My takeaway from what Greg said this morning was that, as he said, because we're going to have to reflect, paraphrasing what he's saying, on very deeply on our election process, I've surmised that we haven't had a true election in any of our lives. I think it's been hacked every single time and it's only gotten worse over the years. That's my personal opinion. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, certainly since uh, uh, John F. Kennedy, I mean, we know that uh, Chicago and, and the mob, I mean, they, they, they brought Illinois home, but um, 
I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I don't think that we've had a truly free and fair election uh, at any time in probably the last, you know, 70, 80, maybe longer years. And um, yeah, they have just ramped it up. So, I mean, that's it's like that boiling frog analogy. You know, I mean, they 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 insert the fraud in certain jurisdictions, you know, get that toehold in, get people used to the idea that this is how people are voting, even though like, you know, everybody on the ground is like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, I mean, like those poor folks out in Orange County. Um, and uh, yeah, and they've just had to increase it over and over and over again. And certainly when uh, Trump was able to break through in 2016, they were like, well, there's absolutely no way we can allow this to happen again. So they kind of just threw the uh, the kitchen sink at it in 2020 to ensure that they got the desired outcome. Um yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine really what a true, uh, free, fair election would look like here in America. I mean, it, it would be mind blowing, and I think that we would have a, a very, very different outcome. You know, if, I think for a lot of years they wanted us to believe that you know it was all based upon you know money and popularity. You know, like who can we get out in front of people? Uh, you know, who who can we have the most uh, election dollars thrown at? And, you know, that that might have been true at a certain point. But since, you know, clearly 2015, I mean, we've had just this massive ramping up of awakening here in America, you know, as hard as they have gone at ensuring the fraud stands for them, you know, on the flip side of that, the people of America have become more and more aware of that fraud. And people are, are talking about it. People are standing up and you know, especially with the um, results we've seen since January 2021 with uh, the Biden administration, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult to imagine a legitimate scenario where Democrats continue to hold power in very many areas. You know, I mean, even in, uh, in, in these large metropolitan areas where they have had a traditional foothold, um, you know, based upon, uh, you know, the, the way they've, they've courted certain elements of the voting bloc, um, you know, even those people are, are looking at what's happened to this country and, and they're feeling the pain. You know, the, the New York Times, I think, just had to kind of do an about face on the situation with, with crime in these big urban centers. Um, you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't be this bad if the elements of the deep state weren't working so hard to ensure that people were not safe. And at the end of the day, people just want to be safe. So I think they're going to have to vote in a manner that uh, is going to secure them safety. And that's just not the Democrats. So if we see a massive landslide for uh, for, you know, a, another blue wave, so to speak, uh, I don't think anybody's going to buy it. You said this earlier, and it's it's important, and it's one of my big concerns is we keep being pushed to vote, but we're not seeing any corrections in the vote system. And so this is really kind of like throwing good money after bad. It's it's there's a real question in in my and I think locally, I think there's a lot of control that we have. But when we start get to get it state and federal with what we're seeing, especially here in Oregon as an example, it's a wasted vote. And most people acknowledge that here. So you're going to have a lot of voter disengagement. I've often said if you don't vote, just everybody didn't vote, you would magically see all your votes appear. And I think that's kind of the state of where we are right now. There is a lot of uh, onus on fixing this system before the fall. I'm not a big proponent of just pushing for uh, the vote. Mike Lindell is another good example because he's openly said, said it on my show recently, that unless you fix 2020, 2022 is just going to make things 100% worse. So I, we don't hear enough talk, I think, in the elite side of this 
to fix 2020. We just keep hearing jump forward to 2022. Yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And, and I agree with you. You know, uh, the the problem is that we can't afford to acquiesce on anything. You know, I, I feel like this is a, a, a war that's being waged on multiple fronts. And, you know, I, I think we have a responsibility to vote. We have to vote. But we also have a responsibility to push for that accountability from 2020. And the only way that's going to happen is if we can get people like True the Vote to present that information to law enforcement officials who are actually going to listen to it. And I think that that really is happening behind the scenes. You know, I mean, it's the same with the Durham investigation. You know, they've been at it for for several years now. OK, and I think they've been laying a really firm foundation for what's to come, you know, in terms of later indictments. But we haven't heard much about it. You know, we're only hearing other people in the government talk about it. We're hearing, of course, the media talking about it. But we haven't heard any leaks from inside this investigation because it's really tight. You know, they're 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 doing it in the way that they they should be by by all rights. You know, I mean, nothing should be coming out from that. The only time that we should be hearing about it is when somebody gets indicted and then they're going to be going to court. Um, and I think that is happening with uh, the investigations into what's happened in our election system. Um, you know. Greg's statement, you know, that this thing, this investigation they've been a part of, that it's going to be, you know, 10 times as impactful as 2000 mules. You know, I can only speculate as to what that could possibly be. But if we're talking about the control of our elections by elements, uh, bad actors within the United States government in concert with people on an international scale, I mean, that is huge. And uh, that would cause the uh, uh, complete overhaul of our election system. And that's that's what we need. But, you know, I caution anybody to uh, uh, to to believe that their vote won't have at least some symbolic value. Certainly in Oregon, you know, I, I don't know what you guys can do. You know, I mean, they, they've they've uh, they've honed it there and uh, they've really minimized the impact of uh, the, uh, the the votes from the right. But if you guys can, you know, at least get in there and, you know, the other aspect of it is the active participation of patriots and people who care about what's happened. The Democrats have run our elections, not just, you know, in terms of who gets elected, but the people on the ground. And I think that's going to be a, a completely different scenario this time around as well. Well, it's interesting what you just mentioned about Oregon, because most people miss a couple critical things. Oregon, because it has very few electoral votes, doesn't hit anybody's radar, but it's where they test run most everything here. So we were one of the first to have full mail-in voting. We were yeah. also the home of and the anarchists and where they incubated Antifa, hence Portland. Yep. But there's more to Oregon as well because we also have the seven data lines that come off our coast that go right to China. So mm, there is okay. a huge strategic value that most people miss in Oregon. And it's why Oregon, sadly, I mean, it's it's been very prized by the left in its control because data is the, one of the, is the new commodity. And in addition oh, yeah. to rare earth minerals and a number of other things, which they've all locked out with wilderness uh, uh, designations. So there's a definitely, there's a war being waged state by state and each state has its own value. And it, we're seeing that war being be waged. And it's obviously a lot of that is the interna international community with its header, header banner, the UN, using its mm -hmm. different proxies. So with that, it kind of leads into Durham. I mean, we've we there's been a lot of expectation. I think with Durham, I've been I've stepped back a lot from Durham, just kind of watched because we really don't know who Durham was until recently. 
He was more mm-hmm. of an enigma than he was a person. Yeah. The interesting thing is to, as I've kind of recalibrated off of the Durham trial, it's interesting that he, as a federal prosecutor, he chose to to prosecute in D.C. He could have prosecuted in any state. Yeah. The interesting part in this is when we start to look at the nature of this war, and one of those dom- domains in this warfare is lawfare. We mm-hmm. typically think of legal actions as always going for a win, but in the state of warfare, yeah. that's not how you look at things. So mm-hmm. I've recalibrated quite a bit on Durham. I've stepped back and realized that there was some massive wins out, yep. of, the, out of that trial that had nothing to do with Sussman. The, the biggest mm-hmm. thing is he's opened the door now to getting prosecution moving towards the FBI and directly to the Clintons with the admission. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I absolutely agree. You know, I think that, you know, there's there's a couple different things here. You know, first of all, you know, the it, getting all of that stuff on the record was huge. You know, I mean, uh, forcing an admission from Hillary Clinton's, you know, personal capo, Robbie Mook, that she had the, uh, you know, the full she gave the full authorization. You know, I mean, they wouldn't have released it unless Hillary Clinton had said, you know, run with it. You know, we want to take him out. And uh, they, they have implicated the FBI. We found out that uh, the FBI and Perkins Coy were, were sharing office space, okay, that Perkins Coy probably had access to a skiff. Um, you know, this has completely destroyed any credibility that the FBI may have had. Uh, and it, it's implicated the people surrounding Hillary Clinton and Hillary herself in some really, really massive crimes. And if Anybody had to be offered up as like that pawn sacrifice, thinking about, you know, a chess analogy here. Michael Sussman was a great choice. You know, I mean, he was he was low level, really, at the end of the day. Uh, You know, his argument was, you know, the FBI knew I was lying, so I wasn't lying, even if I didn't say specifically that I was working for Hillary Clinton. So what was Michael Sussman going to get if he was found guilty? You know, I mean, it would have been a a wonderful symbolic gesture for the patriots, you know, to to see a a conviction of somebody that close to Hillary Clinton and, and, you know, that instrumental in spreading that alpha bank smear. But what he probably would have gotten probation, just like uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, you know, maybe he would have lost his law license. But it shows that there's absolutely no way Durham can bring a fair trial to the Washington, D.C. area because the swamp is going to protect the swamp. It was clear that Michael Sussman was guilty. The evidence was incontrovertible and the jury abdicated their responsibility. They ignored the evidence because they couldn't see past the political nature of the trial. And so because this is not the last trial, this is you know, barely the beginning. Kevin Kleinsmith, the very first one. Now Michael Sussman, the second trial. Um, John Durham is going to, in my opinion, I think he's going to bring all the rest of these cases outside of the D.C. area. You know, Igor Danchenko, he's next. That's going to be in Virginia. It's a completely different jury pool out there. You know, I would imagine that, uh, you know, you do have people who work in Washington, D.C., living outside of the D.C. area proper. But you've probably also got a fair amount of people who are tuned in to the corruption of Washington, D.C., because they're so close to it, but they're just not a part of it. So I think that we definitely have some major wins, revelations. Uh, you know, the fact that mainstream media had to report that Hillary Clinton was directly responsible for the, uh, you know, the, the Alpha Bank story. You know, that's absolutely huge. You know, I mean, think about what kind of a vindication that was for us. You know, all these people on the left, all these people in the mainstream media telling us that we were crazy for years. You know, Hillary Clinton <laughs> hired people to spy on Donald Trump. 
She hired them to create this fake opposition research and then disseminate it to the press and the FBI. And the FBI had a very close working relationship with Perkins Coy, Hillary Clinton's personal law firm. This is huge. I, I mean, it's a revelation as far as I'm concerned. And Michael Sussman got off, okay, but his character has forever been impugned. And we've made the point that we can't do this again in Washington, D.C. And I don't think that John Durham is going to. There's another piece of that. You touched on it. And I, I find it probably the biggest uh, re- revelation in that entire case. And it is the jury. What we really see here is the fundamental aspect to our jurisprudence in this nation is the fact that people rightfully step up, act as jury members, and are not to be biased. And yet what we saw was the the inculcation of hatred for President Trump and the absolute favor given towards the Clinton campaign literally came out with people saying, one of the jury members saying that there are bigger things than that, than Sussman's crime. There is a, this is the progressive left in the end that, that, that sees that crime is, there is no consequence for minor things and even mm-hmm. bigger crimes need to be mitigated because somehow people aren't really that bad. There is a, it's a real statement and I don't know where we go with this, but I'll just get your comments on that because the one thing I find deeply disturbing about that is the system that's supposed to be run by and for the people has now shown that by and for the people can't, ma- it's a portion of the people that can't manage it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in, let's be honest, it's a relatively small portion of America. You know, I mean, they have a loud voice. They are the only ones that are on Twitter and they're the only ones that are allowed to speak on Facebook and YouTube and other social media platforms. Uh, But they are just a a sliver, just a segment of the overall population. And yes, it shows that uh, absolutely they cannot be trusted with these institutions in the same way that that element of the left in the federal government will do and say whatever they need to based upon their own political prerogative. The people of America, if they're on the left, they don't care about breaking the law as long as they get what they want, as long as the people that they believe are, uh, you know, the the ultimate evil are the ones that get punished. You know, I mean, I, as an example, you know, take the uh, the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd stuff. You know, he didn't do what he was accused of. And I think that was proven in court. But because he had been smeared, because he had been held up as like the ultimate symbolism of of racial justice here in America, uh, he was convicted. I mean, George Floyd died from a drug overdose. He didn't die because anybody was choking him or because, uh, you know, anything else had happened that was really the fault of the police. You know, if anything, the police were negligent because they didn't get him medical attention quicker. But, you know, I mean, that's what happens in big cities like that. You know, I mean, that happens all the time. Look at what happened down in uh, uh, Uvalde, Texas, or I'm sorry, in um, in Baltimore. I mean, the 911 operator hung up on somebody who was inside the grocery store saying, you know, that people are shooting at us. You know, I mean, th- there's an issue with responsibility in our institutions and the institution of the jury has been proven to be completely cockeyed when it comes to true justice. They don't care about justice. They don't care about anything other than getting what they want. And so I think that that's going to have to inform the way that these cases are carried out in the future. And you know I, that was an excellent way to uh, make an example of it. I think that's well said. Speaking of shootings, Uvalde is an interesting one, how fast it came up and how fast it has fallen down. There's been the 
the amount of research that has been done to expose that from the beginning with a lot of the false flag indicators, um, even to the point that we have yet to see birth certificates and yet to see any sort of former coroner's report is stunning. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts? Well, I think it's clearly an orchestrated event. You know, I think the same is true of uh, of Buffalo. You know, I mean, like within minutes of that guy, uh, you know, going into that top supermarket, we had that manifesto and people put together almost immediately that it was basically a copy and paste edit of the uh, Church Christ shooters manifesto. The guy put pictures of Sam Hyde in there. Like that's like the ultimate troll. I mean, people do that all the time. And, uh, and so, you know, it calls into question, you know, whether or not any of it's real, but then uh, more specifically in Buffalo, we learned that this guy was chatting with uh, a former FBI agent and uh, perhaps was being run by that FBI agent. And then in Uvalde, you have the kid who can't drive. He has a, a you know, a pretty nice Ford F-150 uh, he's a part time at, at at excuse me at Wendy's, and yet he can uh, afford you know close to ten thousand dollars in uh, in weapons and, uh, and 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 gear. He's all kitted out with uh, thousands of rounds, uh, and uh, and then the police refuse to go into the school, and the story just keeps changing. You know, I, I don't know that we have had the true story about what actually happened that day. Uh, and now that the police in Uvalde are no longer cooperating with a federal investigation, I mean, it just shows that there is uh, so much more to what's happening here. And, and once more, the proximity to the NRA convention. I mean, absolutely not a coincidence. There was another mass shooting that happened like three days before an NRA convention. I can't remember if it was Parkland or if it was... Um, the place in Connecticut. Uh, I can't remember. But, uh, you know, this it seems to be a recurring theme. I mean, clearly we have if this is a real event, OK, if we have people who are actually dead and it's uh, perpetrated by, you know, some um, uh, mentally deranged young man who, who who's controlled by somebody else. It lines up perfectly with so many other uh, of these events that would not have occurred if it weren't for the intervention early on of federal law enforcement. Uh, I mean, how many times have we heard about shooters or uh, about you know perpetrators of mass violence that were on the radar of the authorities, not just local police, but also uh, uh, the FBI? Uh, where the FBI either provided them with the tools necessary to complete the act, uh, or they were aware of the act before it took place and then chose to do nothing. Uh, you know, we are living in this world where the speed of information is coming in so quickly, and everyone knows that it's all bullshit. Pardon my French, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if people actually died. There is an orchestrated nature to this and to many other events. And uh, in every single time that it happens, we have this uh, th this utilization by the left uh, to try to push more restrictions on us and uh, to try to take away the the what remaining freedoms we have left. You know, I, uh, I, <laughs> I everything about it is just so convenient. And uh, I am. I'm, I'm grateful that we have such incredible researchers here in America and that people are paying attention as much as they are. I think it makes a huge difference. I think one of the things that's most stunning, and I, I say this many times, and I hope the world is witnessing, is that the country that is most heavily armed, probably the most heavily armed country in the history of man, 
has not pulled a violent overthrow of its government, but instead is anchored down into its true nature of this warfare, which is informational. And it is truly that. It's a trench warfare every single day. The, me- the mainstream media is obviously, to say what President Trump has said so many times, the enemy of the people. But I'm also amazed at how much control they still maintain. And so much of that is a perception, like you just hit on, of reality. I often go back to the point of May and March, April, May of 2020, when President Trump was presenting alternate cures. So we had HCQ, we had light therapy, we had um, chlorine dioxide, and the media went on a rage against him. And in spite of four years of telling people the media is the enemy of the people, once they initiated their push for masks, all control was lost and, and people defaulted. We still have a lot of that. And I think that's probably our biggest challenge ahead. We do see an amazing rise in the in the um, patriot media, alternate media. And I think that's indicative by the faces that we're seeing showing up on these other channels. Example is Kash Patel, the willingness to step across from the Fox News realm and go into channels like your own the willingness to do that, I think, is a rather profound statement as to the effectiveness of our reach, but it definitely is not something we can ever let up on. No, not at all. And, and yeah, I think it is rather profound. And, you know, the timing of all of it, um, you know, I mean, we had basically the the launch of Truth Social. They held off on opening up the web beta and the Android beta. Uh, and when they did open up the web beta, you know, that's when we kind of saw just like this explosion, you know, not only on the platform, but also in terms of information and, and the spread of information by going on shows uh, such as ours, you know, in the alternative media. You know, I, um, I, I, think that, I think that we are really poised to get the justice that, that we need and that America deserves. And, uh, you know, people have often said, I mean, there's all these platitudes, you know, I mean, of course, you know, trust the plan or military is the only way. But I've always thought that it was going to be the people of America uh, that really saved the day. You know, I mean, of course, we are going to have backup from people in a number of different places. And, uh, you know, we may even be up against a majority of the federal government and, uh, you know, bad elements in the military. Um, but we, as a, a, as a whole, as a country, I mean, we're an unstoppable force. If we put our minds to something and we say, you know, no, not today, Satan, we're not doing this anymore, then there's no way that they can stop us. You know, I mean, it was disheartening to see so many people get wrapped up in the, the masking uh, charade. But at the same time, you know, they told us that uh, they put the fear of God into everyone. You know, I mean, nobody knew what COVID-19 really was. Nobody knew what was going to happen if it spread widely. And, um, you know, we got to a certain point where I think that there was this kind of critical mass of, uh, of knowledge and information and people started to understand. And that's the point at which we saw people pushing back on, um, uh, on, the, on, on our institutions and on our governments. And they acquiesced, you know, I, I actually didn't, did I just hear that in Oregon or someplace in the Pacific Northwest, they have instituted or reinstituted indoor masking guidelines? Oh yeah, that's that, it. Don't worry. We, we, that's that's our, our bisexual freak as a governor. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about his sexuality, so that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh that's, my God. Yeah. We, yeah but she, the thing is she makes it a platform. She like, yeah. I'm like, who does that? I'm like, really, who cares? You know, but 
I agree with what you're saying. I think it is a, it's a great statement. There's been a heavy learning for the nation to go through this, mm-hmm. a brutal one, and unfortunately with some real cost because these yeah. injections are not just benign. Oh, uh, no. And it, we're seeing the real casualty of that. We, The one thing that you just kind of hit on, which, I mean, I made this snarky comment about, but the truth is really phenomenal to me. When you sit back and look at what I'm going to classify as the progressive left, mm-hmm. Is um, I have no problem, by the way, sitting down and talking to somebody of open-minded discussion of any political persuasion, because literally that's what makes America great. That's that discussion and debate. And I will have my views and they will have theirs. The progressive left is a different category of insanity. Yes. But what's amazing about it, as we've really seen over the last five years, is how identity is completely centered on sexuality. And that's oh, yeah. stunning to me. That's almost like watching... People turned into primates. I mean, even probably mm-hmm. even worse. But I mean, it's like this very base type thinking. They're, the cognitive capacity is just not there. There was a friend of mine that pointed out something recently. They have a number of children. A couple of them have uh, been married. And is, is, he was making it very clear. He said, this isn't from my family's side. He says, but what's interesting is as we get to know our new members of the family, how little they know what to do. They don't know how to run dishwashers. They've never had to take responsibility in their lives. I think this is more, this is a broader problem than maybe we've realized. I and, and oh, think yeah. this is also, you know, this is a product of the education system that teaches them nothing other than to be an activist. That, and that means nothing. And so you end up with somebody who, when they hit problems, don't have the cognitive skills to work through them and solution develop Mm -hmm. and problem solve. Instead, it becomes a reactive nature of things to where they're lost and that breeds fear. So it's, it's a real big statement towards this whole way the education system has been designed, which by itself is just, in my opinion, has been framed around an MK ultra program from the beginning. I absolutely agree with you. You know, that that's probably one of my worst fears is, uh, the future for that generation, you know, who doesn't know how to uh, problem solve, who who has never had to really do anything for themselves, you know, I mean, and that's completely by design. I mean, they want us to be helpless. They want us to be a, a completely dependent upon the state. And once they get to a point where anybody who knows how to do anything is dead and gone, uh, that's going to be a lot easier to do. So, you know, I I think one of the most important things that we can take from this like sexual identity and and, and freedom, uh, you know, of sexual identity that they're trying to push on people uh, is how important the nuclear family is, because, you know, it's supposed to be the parents that are teaching the children how to be a human being, how to uh, behave in society. And unfortunately, due to monetary constraints and the, uh, you know, the, the rising cost of everything, I mean, so many parents are either they're not together or they're both working outside of the home. And the only person or people that are left to raise those children are the teachers or the uh, administrators in those institutions. And that's another thing that has been completely co-opted by that progressive left. And um, yeah, I have a lot of fear for what's going to happen to those people. Now, I hope that, you know, more people will homeschool their children, that more people will understand that there is a far greater value in um, helping your child uh, to develop into a a productive member of society, somebody who is going to have skills and somebody who understands how to, um, you know, interact and, and, you know, kind of move back and forth between these two worlds. 
You know, I mean, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about the freedom to uh, post naked selfies of myself online. You know, I mean, they're like pushing people into this point where, you know, there's nothing left except for pornography uh, to uh, to make like a, a decent dollar. They're killing off all these jobs. They're taking away any skills that people might have. And they want to create these sexual deviants. And, uh, you know, that's as much about the, the aspect of control as it is about the grooming of these people uh, to make them open to all of these, you know, just like odd sexual proclivities. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't believe how much of our society is based around this stuff and uh, how much immorality has seeped in at like every level uh, and, and what's going on in schools right now. You know, I mean, it, it, parents let this happen, you know, and I'm a parent, so I'm as much uh, uh, to blame as anybody else. Um, you know, I was active in my daughter's education. You know, I mean, I, I was there speaking to teachers and, you know, keeping an eye on what was happening. And if stuff bothered me, then, you know, I made sure that uh, I, I was involved with it. But, um, you know, but now that it's coming out and we see all of this crap that's spreading around and what they're making them read and the things that they're putting into their hands, you know, we're also seeing a big pushback from parents who don't want that future for their children. Uh, you know, this is going back to the idea of being an active participant in the system, you know, because, you know, voting isn't enough, I don't think, you know, we have to be a part of that system, you know, I mean, we, we, we got to be on school boards, we've got to be running for office ourselves, we've got to be sitting on boards, you know, it might not be sexy, you know, but I, I mean, like, there's a lot of things that are being decided without us in the room. And if we're not there to at least have some input on it, then we're going to get the future that we're living in right now. That's really well said. I, I say this many times that the the lure of convenience is the destruction of humanity because we've been brought into this place that there's kind of an elite view that will take care of us or we'll pass that buck off to somebody else to manage us. And it's usually the people that shouldn't be there anyway, unfortunately. They can't make it anywhere else. And so we end up with the consequence of our our own decisions to choose to put ourselves and family first. Some of that's by necessity, by economics, and I get it. But on the other hand, there is also this other dimension of what it takes to have a republic, which is substantial. I think this is one of the big grow-up points for all of us. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, I think that I I see this happening, and I and I am I feel really good about what's going to happen in uh, in in November. Um, but you know, this is a, this is the jumping off point, you know, I mean, we were pushed to the limit of what we could withstand as a country before we lost it. And the only way that it's going to get better and it will, and it will be incremental, you know, that's one of the harder things I think for people to understand, you know, people are like, I want it fixed now. You know, I, I want to see things that I want. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to undo all of these things. I want to absolutely undo all this craziness that's been thrust upon our country. But it didn't happen overnight. I, I mean, this is, again, that frog's boiling analogy. I mean, they did it slowly over years and years and years, over generations, you know, I mean, just a little bit worse every single time. And I think the only way that we could begin to turn around that ship is uh, is by just starting at the bottom. And, and you know, it's going to take time. Uh, I have faith in America. I don't think that we're lost. And, and I think that there are a lot of really good things happening in the background. Um, I think 2022 is going to be the litmus test. You know, are we able to overcome what they did in 2020? Uh, and uh, I think that some of the things that are going to be different is, you know, the Republican Party 
they completely dropped the ball when it came to securing local elections in uh, in 2020. The Democrats had literally an army, talking about lawfare, they had an army of lawyers at virtually every single precinct all across the country to ensure that their votes counted and that our votes didn't count. The Republicans did not send anybody out to advocate for the American voters. And I, I know for a fact that that is going to be different this time around, because that was one of the things that I asked uh, when I was at that meeting. You know, um, I, I made all of my concerns known and, uh, and I was told that it's going to be a completely different scenario this time around. So we have to be there at the polls. We have to uh, be those people that are, are on the ground and, and keeping an eye on this stuff. You know, and uh, the, the reason that they were able to steal the election this last time is because we weren't there checking them. We weren't there keeping an eye on anything. We assumed that other people were going to do it. You know, that's great that the Republican Party is going to have a presence this time around, but I don't trust them enough to be the only ones to take care of it. You know, it's got to be us. And without us, the country will be lost. I would add only that I think that the Republican Party is more corrupt than the Democrat Party. As a whole, oh, I can agree with you there, because <laughs> yeah. I, I think they've been the silent hand of quietly cutting the backroom deals and letting the left make all of its noise while they kind of sold us out and sold us down the down the channel. I agree. So that doesn't give a lot of confidence in the party itself. The one thing I, I do agree with you completely on is the activation of people that are passionate about the nation is at a peak and it will be I think it's a shed water moment in 2022. I think that if the elections go like they did in 2020, I don't think the options ahead will be easy and they won't be easily managed peacefully. And I don't no. advocate for any of that. But the standpoint is that I say that, too, because in, intentionally, because I hope that people are listening beyond just our communities and those that have some control, because if there is an optimism that we're somehow going to solve this problem um, just through an election, I would only say this, we've got one shot at it, you better fix it. Because mm -hmm. people are boiling. They're going to give it one more try. And after that, they're not going to have any patience, in my opinion, to endure yet another promise of, well, we're going to make it better next time. We really just have not seen the correction or any confidence that there's correction in this election system. We just All we have to do is look at this election that just happened in Pennsylvania. What a, what a complete mm. clown show. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with you. I, I mean, I, I think it's do or die, you know, and the one thing that is different this time around is that the candidates that are running as Republicans all over the country are people who were inspired by what happened in 2020. I mean, I think we have a, a, an incredible slate of, uh, you know, young, vibrant and enthusiastic America first uh, candidates who are more than likely going to be like, I think we're going to be controlling both houses of Congress. And it's not just that it's a Republican majority. I think it's going to be an America first majority this time around. And, you know, I mean, in, in that control of Congress. I mean, we have the power to, uh, you know, make some real lasting change to our election system. And we, we have the opportunity to completely outlaw electronic voting machines. 
And I think that that's something that people have got to be requesting from anybody that uh, that they meet. If you're running for office, you know, election security is the number one issue because without the security in our elections, then, you know, we have no confidence in the people who are elected. You know, we have to get back to some really fundamental stuff in terms of how we hold our elections and how we cast our ballots. And without that, you know, I, there, you're right. Nobody is going to care at this point. I, I mean, people are going to give up and they're going to, you know, take that dark road. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as dark MAGA as the next guy, you know, but I would love to be able to see us fix this without some sort of, you know, really nasty stuff happening. I think that we have the opportunity and, um, you know, we have a record number of Democrats who are just not even running this time around because they see how bad the, uh, the, the current agenda is. They know that they can't win. And uh, I think this is going to be an unprecedented number of people who truly align with what our uh, philosophical and political goals are. I did a piece way back, um, <laughs> like a thousand four hundred episodes back. So it's been a while. <laughs> been a while but um it was titled saving a country that's already lost and i have a real different take than many um on where we actually were when president trump took office in 2016 and it wasn't that he was there to save it but rather he was there to build the army help mobilize the army i should say with q because it was already lost and frankly i i believe that they knew 2020 was going to be hijacked like it was. And yeah. one of the indicators I point to that is how President Trump moved out of New York in 2019 mm-hmm. and moved to Mar-a-Lago. And there just seems to be a lot of indications that they knew this was going to be unstoppable in the 2022 period because the corruption was so deep. There's also an amazing uh, comment, and I'm still trying to find it, but I mean, it goes back to around... August or September, maybe even October of the 2022 election. And his comment was, we've done all we can to prepare for the storm, which I think there was a real knowledge that there was that what was coming was going to be dark. We're in it. I I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think I don't think that it could have gone any other way. If if President Trump would have just waltzed back in for a second term, we would have had another couple of good years, but nothing would have been fixed. Uh, It would have been the same garbage from the mainstream media, the same uh, obstructionism from people in his own party and from the Democrats. You know, maybe we would have been better off economically for four years. but I don't think that people would have become as galvanized as they are. I don't think that people would have woken up and realized that, you know, this is our last hurrah. You know, if we don't do something, if we don't actively get into this system and become the people that we know are corrupt, and I don't mean by becoming corrupt, but I mean replacing them, uh, then we wouldn't be able to do anything. And uh, yeah, I mean, they had to move their timeline up with Trump in 2016. You know, that was an aberration. You know, I didn't even think that could happen until like election day when I really started seeing that, you know, this was the way that uh, America was going to vote. You know, up and I didn't, I couldn't allow myself to believe it until I saw it firsthand. And then once it happened, Uh, The deep state realized that they had lost control of something that they never thought they would lose control of. They didn't believe that Donald Trump was going to be elected. Maybe they did, but, you know, they didn't get there until just before the election. Um, 
and uh, and and all they could do was try to stem that blood flow over the course of the next few years by uh, moving their plan up and uh, and really turning the screws. But it, at the same time, in doing so, it put all of their plans on full display and it woke a lot of people up. And then the shock of uh, of, of November 2020. I mean, you know, once people kind of roused out of their slumber and realized, you know, hey, you know, was I really doing everything that I could? You know, it's not enough to just sit behind the keyboard and make snarky comments on Twitter or uh, in the chats on live streams. You know, I mean, people need to actually be spending the formative amount of their day every single day working towards fixing this country. And, uh, you know, that's going to be different. It's something different for every single person. But we can no longer trust that the people we thought we could trust are going to be there to advocate for us. The only people who are going to advocate for us are the American people. Boy, I so agree. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that we have in all of this. We have a a period of time now that is ahead, and you've pointed it out earlier. It's going to be pretty heavy, and it's going to be a dark period because we're going to have to see so much of the institutions that we know literally be taken down. And the squeeze is not going to stop quickly. It's interesting because in spite of the hand puppet Biden and his nonsense of babbling, he actually had some very honest things to say the other day, which I was kind of perked up on. I'm like, my goodness, I can't believe you actually said that. And it was, we are not going to see food prices go down anytime soon. We are not going to see oil or gas prices go down anytime soon. And I think that's a very real perspective that everybody needs to take. Food is going to is and is continuing to be a major crisis. They're trying to control that by obviously by channeling people into this new genetically modified, vertically grown agriculture in cities. It's all agenda twenty thirty stuff. Mm-hmm. It will be a rough time for food access, I think, and for fuel in the coming um, in the coming year or two. And I think it's going to take a lot of coming together, people to really get over this. I think we're going to, it's going to force community development if we want to have independence or if you just want to give into their way, your thoughts. Absolutely. Oh, I know. I completely agree. Agree with you. You know, I mean, the uh, activism at a local level is going to be uh, essential uh, for our survival, you know, I mean, and building that sense of community, making sure that you know your neighbors and that you have uh, some type of trade uh, that you can use, um, you know, to, to give back to your local community and, and to be an active part of it. But growing your own food, I think is 100% essential. You know, Lisa and I have thousands of dollars of seeds that we've stockpiled, you know, I mean, like, I, there's no way I'm going to allow myself to starve. And I'm certainly not going to spend over 50% of my monthly income on buying food and fuel, you know, um, it's going to be rough. And it's going to be rough for a lot of people, you know, I can only imagine the people that are out there living in cities uh, in apartments, you know, I mean, there's probably going to be soup kitchens and people going to bread lines. And, and of course, that's all by design. Um, <clears throat> but if people don't prepare in that way, then, yeah, they're going to be caught off guard uh, in, in a massive, massive sense. Kind of the last topic, and it's it's just kind of going back to the Q stuff. You and I both have we're heavily involved in Q and then we both kind of did the same thing. We stepped back a lot um, as we kind of saw the movement lock on to Q and not be very active and continuing forward. I am encouraged by the amount of discussion that's going on now in a, I will say a, a much more uh, peaceful manner, at least a less hostile manner it, on through social to be talking about 
different perspectives and challenging some of the cue fixation. I think that's necessary. I don't, I, I've gone back myself now, as, as I think you have too, starting to look again at some of the early cue stuff. It's pretty phenomenal when we start to look mm-hmm. at it and revive it. But I've always felt that we have always been the plan. I agree. That the misconstruction, misconstruing of that was that there was a group that was going to fix it for us. And that always brings me back to how massive this corruption is and how necessary it is for the people to take the action because there's no possible way that a handful of Green Berets or a, a, a battalion of Rangers or whatever you want to say can literally take this nation back when we start looking at corruption that goes from a global level down to your local school board. Mm-hmm. That's going to require that the people become the army. Yeah. And so I, I kind of go back to this place of, and I posted it in fact the other day, was that Q was always, in my opinion, about us as the plan, that that's all it was intended to do was to mobilize us and that we ultimately have to either make the choice that we want this. And I think that there is a very real consequence if we don't. I think that's this valley of decision where we're at, that if we don't make the action, the consequence is we're going to live the way this minority of radicals wants us to live. And that's dystopian beyond imagination. Oh yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. You know, I've I've always thought that the plan was America. <clears throat> the plan was the people. People had to wake up. People had to understand what it was we were truly fighting against. You know, the the ultimate insidiousness of these, uh, you know, the, this slim majority of people that have been controlling every aspect of our lives. And it was to wake us up and and get us involved in the process. Um, you know, I mean, uh, for me. Uh, this has always been about confirmation of things that like I already knew, you know, and uh, of course, being pointed in certain directions uh, to help broaden the scope, uh, you know, mentally for what's actually happening, um, you know, but it's also a, a matter of, of current events. <clears throat> you know, we're having some incredible deltas recently, and uh, that that's great to see. And I think that um, it helps in terms of uh, understanding, you know, just how orchestrated things have been at the same time from our end you know it's not just the deep state that are orchestrating things and uh, and and have machinations in the background you know there have clearly been the same thing happening from the patriots in the american government and and uh, and, and across the country at large uh to help push us in a certain direction and um you know the absence of q no new posts um you know to me it was pointing us in that direction that we needed to focus on the things that were in front of us. You know, I mean, clearly there were some big problems and they have not gone away and they still exist. And in the absence of somebody telling us, you know, look here or look there, we had to use the tools that we were given to start doing all of that ourselves and uh, and to determine what we are going to do to be a part of that solution. So yes, I agree with you completely. You know, I mean, this was an exercise to ignite the fire beneath the the, the seats of all Americans so that we would get up, get out, and get active. So you are obviously on True Social, and where where else can everybody find you, Zach? Because you're oh gosh, you're everywhere. <laughs> All over. Okay, so as far as like uh, posts, we've got Truth Social, Gab, Getter, Telegram. Uh, as far as videos, we've got Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, Gab TV, Clout Hub, Pure Social, and Trovo. Also, Frank Speech. 
Uh, and then, of course, I got my website, redpill78news.com. And um, you guys can email me there if you want to get a hold of me. If you've got story ideas, go to my website and you can send tips in that way. If you've got people you want me to interview, you can send me a message that way. Obviously, if people want to support the show, there's a number of different methods to do that on the website. Uh, and I sincerely appreciate everybody who believes in in the work that I'm doing and, and that we're really all doing together because uh, this is a group effort it definitely is and what is your frequency of your shows because i just kind of go over your schedule so people know yeah sure um so monday through thursday between five and six usually i have uh red pill news which is just kind of uh, an assortment of stories that i i think are important or that kind of uh, line up on a given narrative that they're trying to push on us um today uh, i've got a whole bunch of things from the weekend that i want to cover uh and so i'm going to do a, a brief overview on that uh, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m., I have my live stream, uh, Occam's Razor. Uh, it's kind of like a talk radio version of Red Pill News where I talk with my co-host. On Tuesdays, it's Thomas from True Reporting. And then on Thursdays, it's uh, Abe from Uncensored Abe. And then on Friday and Saturday nights, it's uh, Friday and Saturday night live stream. And I interview uh, awesome patriots like yourself, Scott. Uh, do some interviews. That's where I interviewed uh, Greg Phillips and then also uh, James Martinez on Saturday. That was a really interesting show too. Talked about MK Ultra stuff. Wow, that's very interesting. No, yeah. it's fantastic. There's uh, a lot of compliments to you, Zach. Seriously, Thank I you. mean, it's likewise. There's um, as people may not know, as you know very well, doing that type of volume is a it's a life-consuming issue. I mean, it, it's mm -hmm. you don't do much else, especially. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. congratulations on your engagement. I, seriously. Thank you. Thank you. I'm pretty stoked about that myself. Yeah, I can't wait to make it official. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Well, Zach, we always yeah. close with a prayer. If it's okay, we'll close with a prayer. Please. Father, we just thank you for this time we've come together and just we've assembled here to discuss just the truth, to find our way through to the truth, which is many variegated steps that we take. And we're just blessed with the continued work of people like Zach, who just continue to push forward these opportunities for people to open their eyes, to open their to the reality in which we are living at the challenging time as we are faced with the unre unveiling of what the truth is and what the illusions have been that we've lived under. We just pray for the many that will open their eyes to this walk truly with Christ and find the strength in that walk as the institutions of Babylon come tumbling down. And we say these things in Christ Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Truly an interesting time we live in. Yeah. I'm pretty excited, you know? I mean, uh, I, I never in my wildest dreams thought that this is where we would be. And, you know, I, for a long time, I lived in uh, kind of a dark space in my mind, uh, thinking that there wasn't any hope for America and that, you know, it was already lost. And I, I feel like it, that couldn't be further from the truth at this point, you know? Yeah, there is a, a lot of trials and tribulations that we're gonna have to overcome in uh, the months and years ahead. Uh, but I think we have a really, really great shot at uh, at, at being able to beat them. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think that we've been yeah. given a, a, a second breath, and there's been a, a significant change in tide in mm -hmm. the last few months. Um, yeah. Can't really put my finger on it so much specifically, but there's definitely been, as we've entered into spring, we've seen a change in tide, a change in attitude. I think there's greater hope. Again, I, I probably tend to be a little more of a skeptic going forward and just – I would say it more from the tactical point of view of just kind of keeping sharp and not getting comfortable. Yeah. Because um, I think that we're, we've got to be ready for some surprises to be thrown our way. 
like mm-hmm. alien invasion or something like that, I'm sure is on the docket. <laughs> Yeah, we were just we talked about that on Saturday. You know, I mean, anytime uh, you've got the federal government uh, that they start talking about something, I mean, there's just been too much activity from the the Pentagon and the DOD in regards to uh, UFOs and aliens. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to see something. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Oh, by the way, you can look it up. There is a let's see if I can find the article. There is a whole DOD exercise they did back. I want to say it was 2012 or 2016 on an alien invasion in 2022 so (laughs) of course of course see they've got this stuff planned out years in advance (laughs) it's just incredible well zach hope you have a very blessed day thank you for coming on and we really appreciate it and we just always always a pleasure to have just sit down and have a chat with you it's great awesome thanks for having me scott it's always a pleasure to be here with you and your audience as well well god bless man thank you god bless brother that was zach Payne from red pill 78 just awesome and just a a great person, a great friend. And one of the great Patriots has just continued to fight with information like nobody. So really a, a really good person to follow. If you don't already, I think you'll enjoy his shows. He puts out a lot of material like I do works hard at it and takes it very seriously and takes his commitment to this movement Uh, above all as the single point of what he's here for right now which is really fantastic and of course he's now that he's down in florida and out of the the blue zone up north he's in with other fellow patriots and probably mobilizing more armies so that's good so patriots it also looks like this week's going to have some interesting guests if things go right and i'll keep you posted on this tomorrow we're going to have i'm going to have wano Savin coming on and it looks like Friday night's going to have a really special guest if everything goes well. I just got news that it looks like Uncle Ted's going to join us for Friday night show. So I think that that will be some good stuff to look forward to this week. I'll keep you posted on all of that. And I, I think that we're going to have a, a, great, uh, a great week of interviews, and we'll continue that into next week. So... Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up, patriots. We need a lot of prayers for this nation. We have we need prayers for mercy and we need prayers for awakening. People need to start standing strong with Christ and carrying this fight forward. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But he is here. We are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, 
that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 